Welcome to Kansas City Actors Theater, a regional podcast about theater and the people who work to bring it to audiences in and around Kansas City. We're looking again at the some of the backstage aspects of producing professional theater. I'm talking today to Alex Murphy, who has experience as a professional stage manager, got a lot of experience from Kansas City Actors Theater uh, when he was a board member when he was local to Kansas City. And we're here today to talk about the experience of being a stage manager and what that involves. Hi, Alex. Hi. Thanks for coming on uh, to talk to me today. I appreciate it. No problem. Absolutely. Can you provide a little background about your experiences as a stage manager just in general? How did you get into it? Um, I started back in college, actually. I'm a friend of mine. Every theater major takes a directing class, mm-hmm. and she was directing in a one-act adaptation she had created of the musical Rent, and I got brought aboard as the assistant stage manager. I had no idea what that title was. I just knew I was helping in some capacity, right? but that was my title was ASM. And after doing that show, when I went off to my first grad school program at Missouri State in Springfield, Missouri, I wanted to get more involved in stage management. You know, did a little, little more research. I um, got involved in some academic productions at the school and then some production community at large. And it just, I liked what the job entailed and just kept doing it. What was it about the job that made you want to learn more about it? It's amazing what just the gravity of things that are under the stage manager's purview, just the fact the lights, the sound, the communication to everyone, being the right hand person with the director for their vision of the show. So much falls on the stage manager's shoulders. That's what's exciting about it was like how hard it was, how complicated the job the job was. Right. And so I think that's an interesting thing to bring up. Now, within a finite schedule that we have, because I'm sure you could go on about it for a really long time. <laughs> What does the stage manager do? Because I don't think people have a good idea of the extent of what that can entail. Oh, God, there's so many layers. At the heart of it, the stage manager keeps the entire company on the same page from that first day of rehearsal until the production closes. I mean, because the stage manager is one of the few positions in the theater where we are there from beginning to end. Right. And so it's our job to sort of document the process for those who can't be in that room every day, mm-hmm. because a designer can't know a certain aspect of their lighting or their sound without our communication to them every day. Right. It's about making sure that what we thought about in terms of the show is being still being thought about, and what we haven't thought about is being thought about. Our job is like to ask those questions, you know, like, have you thought about this on this journey of the show? Like, thought about these questions, all of that, just keeping everyone aligned so that the show can be the best thing it could be. Right. And then the job almost has two phases because you've got that rehearsal and communication phase. But then when you get into the actual production phase, when everybody hits the stage, it kind of gets a little different, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. From rehearsal to the first day of stage is always, for me, it's always the biggest shift because there's, I mean, everything changes. Like I do my best to document Everything the actor does in terms of movement, but then we get to set, a lot of it gets thrown away because, oh, we have actual walls right. and an actual door. So all this, all the buck is like, oh, the spike tape is not going to be the same as an actual door where the spike tape was. Right. So it's definitely being adaptable because, like, once you make that shift on stage, I'd be ready to, like, throw a lot of things out because 
run the actual set now. They're actually going to be able to play more because they have the physical thing to play with. Right. And it, at some point, you kind of turn into an air, tra- air traffic controller of sorts. Someone actually has called me that. I forget who it was. But like either control or air traffic control, but yeah, yeah, it's, it's actually a very accurate description. I mean, once we're on stage and in tech, it's just it's fielding not only with the actors as far as them on stage and and their time with director's time in terms of tech and making sure lighting has their time, sound is their time because like it's when you're in rehearsal, it's just about really me directing the actor. But when you get into on stage, like okay, now we have to light everyone we have to play these sound cues we have to get levels so that adds another layer onto it as well now it's about even more people right and so for lack of anybody else doing that because once the show gets on its feet and it's in front of an audience aspects of it with performance and things like that will change throughout the run but in terms of that twenty thousand foot view and how everything works that plan essentially gets handed over to the stage manager, where now it becomes your job to remind people of what all that stuff is so that it can run the way that everybody agreed it would run. Correct. I think one of the things that people may or may not know about stage managing is like when we do get to that opening night, it does become our production. Right. The director leaves and it's our responsibility to make sure that what we've set in the room and on that stage is what the director has intended from the beginning. Like nothing has nothing shifted, even in terms of blocky, in terms of character motivation. Right. And so it's three weeks of essentially me tuning in as much as I can to what the director is doing and saying. So when I notice something's off, I can talk that actor and use the same vocabulary the director used in rehearsal. Right. So you really become the steward of the show at some point. Yes, absolutely. That's actually a great way to put it. Yeah. And I've seen your notes, your performance notes before, and I'm always amazed at the detail because you will annotate every line in the entire show that got a reaction so that people on the production team can know what's firing and what's not firing and can adjust accordingly, especially in the preview period. Mm-hmm, which is just which is so weird because I, I can't think of another SM who does that. <laughs> Bit of backstory, because that started back in Springfield because basically pretty much my first director as a stage manager mm-hmm. It's what he required his reports from from me. Right. He was like, I want to know both the temperature. I want to know the demographic of the audience. I want to know <laughs> what I want to know what lines hit because it was a comedy called Speech Debate. I was thinking about for him, and he wanted to know every night what was hitting and what wasn't. Right. I just kept that from from them. It's like. I like this aspect of it. I'll just keep that for all my future projects. Right. And I think that's a it's an interesting flair that you can have on it because my experience just in being in the background and watching stuff happen is that a thorough, good stage manager is worth their weight in gold for a production. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Because, I mean, ultimately, in terms of the reporting, it's truly the stage manager's job to paint a picture for people who can't be in that room, right. who can't be in that theater every day. Right. That's part of our job. What's your personal artistic objective in the production overall? And what acts as your as your motivation? I don't know. There's so many layers to that. I mean, I just like to be a support system at the end of the day. Right. I mean, I want to call a good show, hit all those marks, and just make sure the acts are hitting theirs. Mm-hmm. I just want, at the end of the day, like every performance to be as enjoyable as the one that came before it. Right. Or if it's a drama 
as tearful as the one that came before. <laughs> right. I can get behind that. I can see that. What has been a couple of your favorite moments or a particular favorite moment that you had in your experience uh, acting as a stage manager? Oh, so many, so many. For, particularly with, with KCAT. Mm-hmm. I mean, tech is always a joy. And then it also comments on the great community that is Kansas City because you work with the same people, which is always a joy. Like, it's always amazing to have Shane Rouse on my right and John Robertson on my left and that being the dynamic for multiple shows. So we kind of get into a rhythm. But, like, it's just those great moments are when me as the stage manager and the line designer and the sound designer, we all are on the same page. We all connect or they communicate with each other to make something easier for me to call. Mm -hmm. Those are great moments. We just, I would have to say, things like when we did the Realistic Joneses, Mm -hmm. you know, many moons ago, the one sequence with the fireworks, Mm -hmm. and Shane and Jonathan were just so connected. They're so on the same page that they, like, what's your timing of this cue? What's your timing? And it got to be a beautiful moment that I was able to just, execute and it was perfect every time right did you run in the whiteboard for that one too during the show actually i think jones's maybe one of the few kcat shows where i had an op but okay. i just ran sound i think i had an op for um lighting okay i want to say do you have a particularly interesting or unexpected story the crazy one that always comes to mind for me is when we did we did c marks mm-hmm. and our sound designer um john robertson john had a conflict with the second day of tech mm-hmm. so he did have an assistant but he was not going to be there for our second to 12 mm-hmm. So he basically told me, bottom line is, Alex, we've got to get the whole show teched on Saturday. (laughs) That was Jan Rowley's directing debut. Right. So it's like, okay, so it's Jan's first time directing Sing with K-Cat. We've got to get this whole show teched on the first day. Okay, okay. So, <laughs> so, 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 I mean, luckily enough, it wasn't a complex show. Technically, C-Marps wasn't. Right. I mean, once we got past that first scene with the back and forth between Darren Simmons and the letters between Coleman, Timothea, we were pretty much home free after that. Right, because the show mm-hmm. opens with an epistolary that goes back and forth between Cinnamon's right. character and Darren Kennedy's character for a little while, yep. where they each have light cues and it needs to go up with you know each letter going back and forth in a different location on the stage. And mm-hmm. all that you get, you had to manage. Once we got past that, we were pretty much home free to the end. We actually did it. We had the whole show teched day one, which has never, ever happened in my entire stage management career. Right. I mean, the, the close to that would be Lie the Mind, where we got to the last seven pages mm-hmm. on day one of tech. We had a goal and we did it. Right. Yeah. And that was a pretty complicated show too, because you had two different locales on the stage. Actually, you had like four different locales on the stage at the same time, depending mm-hmm. on when in the show you were. Oh, yeah. How many productions would you say that you have worked on at this point, roughly? If you're factoring in like my equity work, my non-equity work, readings, etc., and even if you want to get down to like when I was like a PA, etc., mm-hmm. I think it's well over like seventy or eighty. I think. Wow. What is without meaning to mention what show it was? What's the farthest south you've seen things go in terms of a potential disaster unfolding in front of you? Honestly, nothing ever went disastrous 
in my well, actually no way I just thought of one okay so <laughs> there was it was a new show mm-hmm. that was being produced by a new writer he was totally new to the theater scene just wanted it was a passion part of his so I got brought on stage manage mm-hmm. and things took a turn because most of the design team were recruited through a university I will not name Fair enough and there was a lack of understanding of how certain theater things worked mm-hmm. like basically our production designer they had no idea what tech was okay they asked me what this was in the council like well that's tech we're gonna start at the top and we're gonna go through and layer in all the technical elements. Mm-hmm. And it blew their mind that they had to be there for that entire <laughs> span of time. What was bad about it was a lot of people had to step up and do jobs that weren't theirs. Right. Because there was a lacking in understanding from others. So, like, there was some some QLab knowledge that was lacking. Right. Well, somebody who knew QLab more had to step up and help this designer. Right. Or get a projector to actually do all these projections. Right. There were Q sequences that we had to sit down and talk through because the timings weren't right. So that was the main production. Right. Well, yeah, because you're there, you know, a week or more before rehearsals start and are there all the way through the end of the show, you really have the longest possible view of the show. So if you're doing your job, you'll see disaster coming way ahead of time. As a competent stage manager, you shouldn't really be in a position where it falls in your lap and you're like, oh God, I did not see this coming. (laughs) That show in question, it ended up all turning out for the best right it was just really jarring especially because the show had a lot of well-known actors right and they were kind of thrown for loo it's work but it was also just work right for some of them right what do you wish people knew about what you do that you don't think that they do mostly it's some people think we do that we actually don't do like our title is stage manager Mm -hmm. but that's kind of misleading because we're not supposed to be managerial in a certain sense right it's why we don't deal with things like payroll right it's why oddly enough like there's been a push recently with equity to remove any language from contracts that have to do with disciplined actors right because that's actually not our job right when an actor's getting out of line we could talk to that actor, but ultimately, the person writing the paycheck, it's their job to deal with the actor. Right. But that's where the money's coming from. Right. People tend to think of us too often as the police in terms of disciplining in the room, in terms of equity rules. Right. And that's not what we do it all. I mean, it's our job to, we look at the rule book and we understand the best that we can, the agreement we have with the union, depending on what contract it is. But ultimately, it's like, you call your business rep if you need like interpretation, like, what does this mean? Right. You call equity and you ask. But, but the problem is like, when people think of us as the police, mm-hmm. it can lead us down the road to being the authority figure and sometimes the bad guy when we're not trying to be the bad guy. We're trying to be in collaboration with you right. and, and that, everyone. Yeah, and that's not a collaborative relationship. You're not the room dad or mom. You're, you have your own part in the process. Yeah, I was talking to a friend of mine the other day about this because she wanted me to do a series of stage management classes, but... I told her, I think it's a common misconception that the stage manager runs the room. Mm-hmm. I don't agree. Like when KCAP, like we rehearse, you know, 6 to 11, when it hits 6 o'clock, that room belongs to the director. Right. That room belongs to, to John, to Darren, Cinnamon, 
etc. Right. It belongs to them. My job is to keep them on time and facilitate while they run that room. Mm-hmm. But it's not my room per se. It's their room and it's their time. And I support them for those five hours. Right. Is there anything you wish the audience knew about your process or, you know, what do you, or what would you want the audience to know about how you contribute to a production? Oh, everything. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I would want the audience to know that what you see on that stage is, it is a collaboration Mm -hmm. and the person at the center of that collaboration who supports every aspect of what you see in terms of when that actor moves, when that light is an actor, that sound, when that sound, when you hear that sound cue, is the stage manager. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a crucial position that makes making theater so much easier for everybody involved with it that I think people don't necessarily have a depth of knowledge about, which is why I wanted to talk to you in the first place, because that's been my experience that it's something that you've got your designers and you've got the director and you've got the actors and those people all get something on stage. But you being at the middle of all that as the facilitator, sometimes it doesn't happen that way. With a lot of stuff, it's easy if you do your job well enough for your work to be invisible. Mm -hmm. Because that's the goal. When Sarah Oliver and I talked in the last episode about costuming, it was kind of the same way that the best costumes become invisible in the production, that you don't notice that that thing was distressed or you know, that all the cues went off without a hitch or everybody knew when they were supposed to be on stage and reporting to the various places at the same time. Mm-hmm. All that stuff is invisible because it's getting done right because that collaborative effort is working. You don't want to want the audience to see the work. You just want them to be the moment and appreciate the show. Right. You just want them to see that gorgeous costume piece, mm-hmm. but not think about the fact that what it took for Sarah to even find that piece or <laughs> she's going to find it, she probably built it. Right. Cool. Well, there, are there any other observations you have? One thing, at least in terms of my style with stage management, I think about stage management in terms of like not only the big picture, but also the little details. Like I enjoyed those little things you can slip into a show mm-hmm. that just makes the process that much better. Mm-hmm. One of my favorite moments was it was the first day of rehearsal for and then there were none. Mm-hmm. And we were just going to the show and John asked, well, who dies third? I think he asked. I forget who it was that dies third. Maybe it was Bob Wright. I'm not sure. Mm-hmm. But basically the conversation, he asked the question and then I think it was Manon who was like, we're all sitting in the order that we die, which is how I arranged the table read. <laughs> right. I set everybody in the order they die in the show. Nice. Because that was just a little peppering I did on that first day of rehearsal. Right. You want to set that tone from the beginning and with the director support that tone because we're like, like we're not doing major surgery here. Mm-hmm. So many artists in Kansas City, like they're coming from from nine to five straight to another five hours of rehearsal. So right. what we can do to just keep everybody lifted because what we do is hard, but like it's so fun and rewarding at the same time. Right. Cool. Any other story you'd want to tell about what you do? Tech candy is a beautiful thing. <laughs> I'm thinking about Shane Rouse right now because I would always try to either the first day of tech, second day of tech, when we would hit dinner break, mm-hmm. we'd go across to um, Crown Center and I would go to that candy shop. Oh, right, right. And I'd, all, I'd always try to get Shane this big, huge 
gummy bear mm-hmm. to have the second habitat. Nice. And those little things like that. But just, it's amazing being in the room. We're all connected because we all work together so much. Like right. that's one of the things about Kansas City. It's like you, you can't walk in that room and not know one person, if not everyone, you're going to work with the next three weeks to two months, you know? Right. And I think that's always a, the craziest thing about actually when you work in theater, because I've done a handful of, of shows before, is that it's this intensely collaborative project and most of the time at the end of the project everyone just kind of scatters like you form these deep deep bonds with people because you have to as a product of spending that much time with people in a collaborative artistic fashion for at least two months most of the time and then maybe you never see those people again Mm -hmm. it's a weird experience most of the time to do that and so it's yeah it is refreshing to be able to work with the same group of people and develop those relationships so you know yay Kansas City absolutely well I hope that this conversation was edifying for people out there about just how important the stage manager is to putting on a, a solid production. And I certainly appreciate your time today, Alex. Thanks. Thank you so much, Matt. This, I'll happy to do it. Thank you so much. Yeah, you're welcome. So that's this episode of Kansas City Actors Theater. As always, support your local favorite theater, hopefully Kansas City Actors Theater, this difficult time. You can uh, support Kansas City Actors Theater at our website, kcactors.org. And we should have some exciting developments for people soon that will uh, eventually find their way here. And as always, subscribe to this podcast if you happen to find it wherever you may get your podcasts. And we will see you next time. And thank you for listening. 